The French Grand Prix could be in danger. Ferrari are crying about blue flags. Inflation is causing trouble up and down the grid. And Mick Schumacher could be out of his seat. Baku, here we come. Let's jump the star. What's up, everybody? Welcome in Jump to Start Racing Podcast. As Yancy adjusts his microphone. How are you guys sure doing today? Yancy, are you good? Uh, okay. I see that. Ruben. How uh, you doing, guys? How was your weekend, Ruben? It was too short. <laughs> <laughs> it was uh, still pretty good, though. Typical, typical. Yes. The okay. stuff I loved in this weekend. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Why are you laughing? <laughs> Uh, all right, so on this episode, we'll be talking about... How was some, your weekend, was? It was chilling. Uh, so, on this episode, we'll be Mine talking about... Long. It was too long? Yeah. On this episode, we'll be talking <laughs> about... <laughs> we'll be doing a Baku race preview. We'll also be doing F1... In your F1 feelings, our, our uh, segment here. And then we'll also... We'll capital talk, F, right? Capital F. Capital F1, capital feelings. And then we'll also be talking about some news regarding the French Grand Prix and also talking about blue flags at Monaco. So before we jump into it, I want to make sure to mention uh, we are at Jump to Start F1 on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure to give us a follow. We're also on many, many podcast platforms. You're probably listening to, to us on one right now. Make sure to leave a uh, review, drop a couple of stars. Um, if you can, make sure to stop by our uh, socials. Uh, that's pretty much it. Let's jump right into it. Esteban Ocon, uncertain future for the French Grand Prix in F1. Disappointing. The only person it's disappointing for, by the way. Yeah, I wonder why. Yeah, I think so. So he's saying that there should be a race in France in the Formula One uh, during the Formula One season. I would argue that that's Monaco. Uh, but currently, it's set up where both the French Grand Prix at its current location at Le Castellet and also Spa could potentially be in danger of being in a rotation because they're so hard to get to in, compar in comparison to other races. Wow. Okay. That's um, that's interesting. <laughs> that sounds like uh, a lot of uh, FOM influence there. Considering that Formula One management now under Liberty um, want to make a lot of these races a, what they call, quote unquote, destination races. Mm -hmm. So it's like what they did in Miami. You go to mm -hmm. Miami, the race is right there mm -hmm. from the town center. There's a, you know. Similar like Monaco. You go yeah, there and the race is there. There, yeah. you know. Um I don't know, man. I think uh, it, it's tough because, especially, I don't mind the the Castellet being off the calendar at all. It's a boring race. Track sucks. It's um. It's only recently and been it's added only been back. recently added. Yeah. So, um, but Spa, Spa is one of those races a lot like Monaco, a lot like Monza, where these are, are and Silverstone as well. These are races that are staples in the F one calendar. They're highly attended all the time, regardless of where the location is, because Silverstone is the same way. It's far off 
away from any big city center. It's like a bucket list type yeah. race. Uh, but people still go. Um, just get rid of France. I, I you know, <laughs> just get rid of all the races we don't like. <laughs> well, I mean, it's just a, it's just not a good it's not a good Grand Prix, right, right. and it's a you know I think the past few years there've been issues with just traffic getting around there, just getting onto the track. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I know there's a lot of a lot of F one fans in France, but there's a lot of F one fans everywhere in the world. Um, yeah, I, I listen. If, if France goes, I'm not gonna be. I'm not going to be devastated, but I'll be devastated if Spa goes. And Spa is always a good race. It's not like, I mean, except for the year. (laughs) (laughs) But Spa is always a good race. The thing with the French Grand Prix, what hurts it is also the proximity to to Monaco. It's only like a half hour drive or something like that. So maybe that doesn't help it either. France is also a humongous country. It could be held somewhere else. We don't know that. I mean, at least I don't know of any other tracks that it could be held in France. But this also that track has a lot of potential if it's, I guess you could say, reworked the right way because the track is massive I and mean, there's a bunch of different type of races that get held there. That we could we could see that by the rainbow shot that you get from the top of all the freaking lines that they put, and obviously we just get the boring aspect of the race. And then you get days while watching the the race because of the different colors, all the different lines all over the place. Uh, Spot. Uh, it's very tough to see to see it go anywhere. Spa. I think we need we need to to put up um, I would say like a like a mark on Spa and judge it by that now, like on the new trend of Formula One, because Formula One's attendance going forward are going to be through the roof, and the tickets are going to be much harder to get. And every race you go to, a Spa will be one of them as well. Even though they have a massive area, people go camping there for the whole week and all the other stuff. So that. That's also part of the adventure of going to Spa, I believe, because people that people will go, people know they're they're gonna they are in the boondocks or wherever the hell is hell, you know, in the mountains, mm-hmm. and they go there for the weekend. So whoever could afford to go, like on you know the campgrounds or just bring a tent or whatever, you know, that's part of the experience. I highly doubt that they'll, they'll take Spa out because of the history that it has on it, and with the fans going there, it's very tough to go and wait. But the boring race of France doesn't help it. Spa. It's always a pretty good race because I believe that's one of the fastest, at least you know, beginning of the of the actual lap when you go down, you know, or rouge or whatever it's called. Yeah. It's so red, I, I on actually. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Another name that I didn't, that I didn't remember. <laughs> so, Ruben, I mean, I I hear what you're saying. You're saying that, you know, in Spa you can go and camp and you can watch the race that way, but that's probably part of the problem. How how is uh, FOM making money off of that? You want they want you to buy tickets, they want you to buy concessions, they want you to buy gear, they want you to, etc. Et take advantage of the utilities that they set up there, the bathrooms, uh, all that type of stuff. Granted, they probably so do, I think they should make all of those grounds part of the F1 experience as well. Then to be able to maximize the value of everything, if you want to, it's a very expensive track though. It's like That's in the forest. I know, I know. It's pretty much like. It's literally in the forest. No, no, I know. Remember, it was he was right now like, last year? Like it's literally like Lord of the Rings and <laughs> Damn. the Hobbits. Uh, yeah, Hobbits. No raccoons. And, uh, and uh, uh, what is it? Uh, uh, Game of Thrones over there. Yeah. No raccoons. Forest. Raccoons too. 
Yeah, know that. yeah, it's they wild. Giant raccoons. Giant raccoons. Yeah. <laughs> Honey badgers. Um, <laughs> Honey badgers. I think that I mean, and if you talk, one thing that stuck out what you said, Ruben, was that if uh, you know um, that it's not going to go because of his ex- historic. Um, your meaning to the calendar or to the F1 season. I think if you're talking about, which has, there has been a lot of talk. If you're talking about taking Monaco off the race, anything goes at this point. I mean, off the calendar, anything gotcha. goes. Monaco is the most historic track on the calendar. It's so not you, the most you, fun race, but it is a destination race. So it, it but they, also they don't make a lot of money off it. Because, that's why they want it off. Because, you know, uh, the, the promoter is, which is the Leonardo Mill Club of Monaco, I think that's what it's called. They're they're making most of the money off of that Grand Prix, and F and F one is not making any money. So, but again, if at this point the way the sport is going, if you're talking about taking Monaco off the calendar, then any other historic race can be taken so, off because Monaco is. The crown and the jewel of four. You guys wouldn't be down to go to spa for like a weekend? Oh, the jewel and the crown of four. I wouldn't want to camp. Why not? That's part of the, I believe that's part of the spa experience. I would love to. I think that's part of the experience. I'm yeah. too bougie. All right, so we ran uh, whatever, one of those things. What do you call it? An RB. And go up there. Yeah. I'm good. A so, fancy RB. I mean, I, I know Willing doesn't want to share a bathroom with me. That's what it is. But Not again. And especially the RB one. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> what happened? I don't know what happened. <laughs> Can I say the story? The no, no, no. It's just pretty PG. Yeah, no, it is. No, Ruben, Ruben tends to in the mornings just sit on the toilet with the water running. With the water running, doesn't realize that there's a water tank in, and it's not a building. In <laughs> Especially New York City. so, the next person up, me, has like a zero degree shower, but. Regardless of all that, we're in a foreign country that we don't know how the water feels. Like, no, 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 it's part of, the, part of my system. <laughs> anyway. How about you? Just, you should just turn on your phone and it's part like, of the flow. Like one of those, like uh, those apps to have uh, a static noise. But I didn't do it again after they brought it out. Though. <laughs> yeah, because it's stupid. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> Wasting water? Like, come on, bro. Anyway, very uh, ridiculous tangent. God, man. So Sorry. we don't care. If, Seb would hate you. Yeah, we don't care if France leaves, but we do care if. Um, we do care if Spa leaves. Yes. yes. So, speaking of Monaco, talking about Monaco as a historic track, there was a lot of talk around, after the race, around uh, the blue flags. And in particular, the blue flags, when Ferrari was approaching, the Ferrari drivers both Leclerc and Sainz, when they were approaching both Williams drivers, both Latifi and Alexander Albon. It both In both cases, I think it was Leclerc on Albon and... Signs on, 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 on Latifi. In both cases, it took half a lap to be able to clear the back marker, the mm-hmm. Williams driver. And uh, in the in the previous day on Saturday, Signs got hit with a fee and also a, a reprimand fine. for uh, impeding. Um, I forget who. Stroll. Last stroll. Thank you. So he's saying, "Well, what's going on? How do I get this penalty?" And this fine and then have a reprimand. And during the race, I'm held up where I could potentially have won this or Leclerc could have made up some space, you know, some places and there's no repercussions. What do you guys think? So Albon, Albon's explanation and the explanation that Williams lobbied for Albon is that he was distracted by being on the radio. He didn't know he went on hards. He thought he was still on wets and. At that point, by the time they, I guess, came to and realized that somebody was behind them, half a lap had gone by. Latifi, I don't know what happened. Latifi's Latifi. 
Yes, yeah, he seems Latifi very pensive. Latifi is Latifiing. Yes, you seem very pensive. I think it just... It boils down what we talked about last week, right? Uh, the inconsistencies of the marshals and the FIA. That still goes on. Yeah, I mean, and, and we talk about this every year. Seems like, a, you know, we're beating a dead horse at this point. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm a Ferrari fan. So, obviously, sometimes, most of the time, I will side with the Ferrari drivers. But at this point, Ferrari had a pretty bad weekend, considering that they had a 1-2 in qualifying. Um, to bring things like this up... Just make you look like sore losers, yeah. to be honest with you. Um, I think you guys just, just shut up and uh, get to work, to be honest with you. Because there's a lot more serious things going on um, in the championship fight. Because, again, Ferrari's in the championship fight that you should be worried about instead of blue flags. There's no point in complaining about it. It is what it is. Um, we know... Albon had a, had a pretty decent excuse, meaning that he thought maybe he could be as quick because I guess he didn't know Leclerc was on the intermediates. So that's fair enough. And it only took half a lap. The lap in Monaco is not that long. So it is what it is. And obviously, there's not really a lot of places to overtake in Monaco. Mm -hmm. So that is what's going to happen. It's the nature of it. Um, as far as signs and his complaints, yeah, I mean, you're right. It, it's inconsistent. But I, everything in F1, when it comes to like Marshall's calls, or how the race director runs the race is extremely is consistent, but it's not new. It's been something that's been going on for years, and it's something that came to a head at the last race of last season. And obviously, those problems haven't been worked out, and there is no certain future or no certain time in when those problems will be worked out. Because honestly, it looks like they don't know what the hell they're doing. Okay, Jens. So, calm down. <laughs> it is what it is. Ruben, I, need to, I know Williams is your favorite team, so. <laughs> Historically, yes. Uh, it's just it's Monaco, man. Like if, even if you go and and analyze, where can you really let somebody through in Monaco? Start finish straight, okay. Uh, by the pool area, which was pretty much where Gasly made a couple of overtakes. This, 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 you know, this last race. Can you really let somebody by through tunnel? by by the tunnel? Maybe. That's tough. Man. But by the tunnel, you would, I think you will miss out because also there's a lot of people coming behind him with speed as well. You know? So, I don't know, man. It's just it's blue flags. It's just tough to let somebody through in Monaco. Now, you will say, oh, in the hill. Yeah, but I could probably easily crash if I let you through in the hill. Mm-hmm. Granted, we saw two wide during that race up the hill. We did. I mean, it, it can happen, but it's just, you know the risk you're running if you're rare. doing that. I mean, it's, I think it's, it's easier just sending it than to let somebody through because you need more space because it's the reaction aspect of it because I'm, I'm being lifting while you pass me or maybe I'm, I might break a little just to get you pass. I don't It's tough. So in that aspect, I, I agree with you and it lends itself Thank you. to... It lends itself to... <laughs> <laughs> Why do I work with you? <laughs> anyway, you're welcome. But, so it lends itself to what, uh, you know, Signs unfortunately got that penalty. Not the penalty, the fine the reprimand. And, and the reprimand. But in reality, just like Ruben said, if you, as a, 
it's very hard to let somebody pass in Monaco without just opening yourself up. And I feel like that's a little bit more understood. Whereas in qualifying, okay, whatever. Like you're at some point in the lap, just pull over and basically stop. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, again, I think that's just the nature of the track uh, when this happens. But it's, it's also this, we have to remember the conditions we were in also in Monaco this past race. It was wet. Look at what, what happens when Sainz even try to make a move in Paris. He almost lost it. So if yeah, I let you through, point, I might lose it too. I'll tell you what. You either have two choices. You either have blue flags or you don't have blue flags at all. But imagine with uh, knowing how how difficult it is to overtake an F1 historically. I don't know about this year because this year has to, has to play out with the new rules. But if you didn't have blue flags and you had to pass like they do in IndyCar, like you have to pass. Uh, there's no no the car doesn't have to get out of the way how much worse would it be so I mean them's the rules that's how they enforce it yeah. it is what it is uh, and then you know obviously where you can and can't overtake as far as uh, a, a specific track obviously we know Monaco under normal racing conditions you can't overtake you can't overtake um, yeah, why? Why? There's you have bigger fish to fry. Let's not complain about blue flags. Honestly, that's not the reason why you lost the race. Anyways, we're good. Yes. Okay. So, in your F one feelings, our favorite segment here. So, which is where we just kind of riff, no facts, straight feelings, right? Yes, yes sir. That's the way yep. we're doing this. Yes, sir. How do you feel? So, are you angry? Are you happy? Hey. <laughs> well, we have our own personal. He doesn't use the board, but he makes his own sound. Yeah. <laughs> Do you just feel blah? Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So topic number one, budget issues, surfacing. So here are a couple of stories that have come out over the last couple of weeks while we've been not racing. Alonzo questions driver salary cap when F1 is asking more from us. Meaning, they're always on. They're always interacting with fans. They are literally a brand themselves 24-7, constantly promoting the sport, constantly promoting themselves and their sponsors. There is no salary cap now, but uh, as part of the $145 million salary cap, but the Liberty Media is looking to implement the driver cap within the salary cap. Also, Gunther Steiner, F1 can't just open the budget cap for big teams. We see a rise in freight costs, electricity costs, all kinds of costs just because of the pandemic. The budget was set before the pandemic actually happened. Mm-hmm. And also the rising energy costs of the war. Exactly. So what's happening? Big teams. They have a well-oiled machine with a lot of moving parts. So the Mercedes, the Red Bulls, the Ferraris of the world who are basically in an arms race against themselves. Uh-huh. Christian Horner has already threatened. We may not be able, even able to make all the races this year. Yeah, right. But uh-huh. that's what uh, <laughs> that's what he's threatening. And uh, exaggeration. all it does is it hurts the midfield teams competing is what Gunther Steiner is saying. It's also reined in like one-off developments, like you know, if you bring different wings for Monaco or different wing for uh, races like Hungary or Monza. So, what do you guys think? Yancy, you first. 
Mm. This is a tough one. However, is it though? Nah. It's a tough one because listen, we've seen or say in our personal lives, obviously, a lot of costs. Just cost of living go up. Gas prices going up, food prices going up. Now, when we're talking about a multi-million or billion dollar sport in F1, obviously, yes, their costs are going to go up. And as you mentioned, the the budget was set before the pandemic and all of this happened. Uh, I think that the ma- the major um, factor is the rise of energy costs, uh, especially in Europe, due to their reliance on Russian oil, or Russian natural gas. Um, what Total Wolf's argument is that um, they can't give more money to their staff because they're not allowed to. And they're working harder than ever. And their costs are going up as well. So when you think about it in that aspect, yeah, man. I mean, especially with bigger teams with, uh, like, you know, Ferrari or Mercedes or Red Bull, that's tough, especially when you consider the human aspect of it. So next year, it's supposed to drop to $140 million. Yes. It's dropping by $5 million. They're going to have to adjust it. Because it's just not, at, at this rate, the way costs are, it's just not sustainable. I mean, and you also get Haas's point of view, but Haas doesn't, doesn't spend as much money. They can't even get up to that $140 million, right? And you can see they don't even bring developments to the track. They're bringing developments later on in the season. However, remember also that Ferrari themselves had to move a lot of their staff to Haas in order for them to get guaranteed jobs because they couldn't pay for them under the under the under the salary cap or the cost cap I should they should say. So I didn't know that. Yeah. It's tough, man. I mean, because this sport doesn't run without the people. And those people have to get paid for their work and they work extremely hard. And we know that costs go up. So yes, there should be there should be a some sort of adjustment considering, you know, the way things are right now in the world. It's just expensive. And, you know, this is this is what happens when one thing happens in one part of the world. It's almost like the butterfly effect. And it affects everything else. Well, it's not almost like this. What the butterfly, you know, the butterfly effect, meaning a butterfly flaps his wing in China somewhere and then it just affects everything else in the world. It's the same thing. We have a war, you know, Russia invaded Ukraine. Um, there is a backlash towards Russia, especially towards their energy sector, which is, which Russia is the second biggest, the second biggest exporter of energy. And Europe heavily relies on Russian energy to keep going, to run. And that's what, you know, as a consumer, you know, as a consumer base, that's what you need. You need energy. So all of this is going to trickle down, including into major sports, including into F1. I know that you want to keep the cost cap down because it keeps teams more competitive. But you also, it's just not the number. It's not about the numbers. It's the human 
I mean, the the sport runs on human beings, and human beings got to get paid. And if it costs more for them to live, then they're going to have to make a decision on like, where else am I going to get the money just to, you know, feed my kids or, you know, put food on the table or, you know, have a, you know, have shelter over my head. These are the things that, that unfortunately come into play when you talk about money. Yes, you went a little deeper than I would, I would go in this topic. It's just, I think the budget cap, especially now with new cars and other, and other stuff, you know, the things that are happening in the world that like you mentioned, mm -hmm. It's pretty much almost impossible to stay within. I think, but you know, before the year ends, all the teams will sit down and discuss this topic and make adjustments mm -hmm. because the amount of money that is being wasted in each, you being know, spent, it's, I, I mean, being no, spent. Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, but being spent. It's not gonna for you know. It's, it's probably not gonna be enough. Not even for the small teams. Yeah, the small teams are probably you know the smaller teams. When I say they're probably a little happy because. They have a you know they have a lesser I mean they'll spend less mm -hmm. but that's still not enough for them to run the whole year and you know in, that's my opinion on it. Mm -hmm. so, I mean, like in the NFL, the salary cap is based on the TV revenue, so TV revenues are for sure going up for Formula One. So I would have to assume that you not only do you have to increase this the cap itself to just make things work for those bigger teams, but I think that you should start enforcing a floor on spending. Otherwise, you're never really going to get the competition that you're after, right? So it shouldn't be about, oh, salary cap is 145 and I spent 45 and look at me, I'm, you know, I'm doing good. I'm within the Punch salary above cap. above my weight. Like, yeah, but like you need to also try and be competitive, right? So like in, in the NFL, right? You get to, if you're the worst team, you get to pick first and you get the better players and stuff like that. But th there's no system like that in Formula One and there's never really going to be something like that. So they... The smaller teams need to, with their efficiency, they need to figure out where to inject cash that is more, uh, I guess, efficient than mm -hmm. the bigger teams and to be able to try and steal even race wins, which we just have not seen. Maybe it's just the legacy knowledge that the big teams have that they haven't been able to to crack it because they, they were spending like crazy on the current engines and maybe in the next... Uh, Concord agreement, once mm -hmm. we get a new set of engines, that maybe these teams will be doing a little better. But I think that uh, they're barking at the wrong tree or up the wrong tree as far as with the cap, there'll be more competition. I still feel it's it's the top two teams fighting and then everybody else. That, and that's what and, we're seeing right now. And this is the way it's going to be. I mean, listen, we have, you know, we are familiar more with the American sports or we have... Where you have in baseball, you have a, a luxury tax, meaning that if you pay, if you have a payroll that is above a certain threshold, you start paying more tax on that money. You can spend as much as you want, but you're going to pay more in order for you to keep that that payroll going. You know, in the NFL and in the uh, and NBA. in the NBA, you have a, 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 salary, a cap. salary cap, and there's different. Like NFL is a hard cap, the mm -hmm. NBA is a soft cap. Right. So, but either way, even if you have that, you still have these. Team, there have you have teams that are just richer based off the market that they play in, you know. You have, you uh, in, you know, in 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 the, in Major League Baseball, you have the Yankees. They historically spend the most money on their payroll. Uh, you have the Lakers and the Celtics, and you have the New York Knicks, which are a huge market. They suck, but they spend a ton of money, 
and they make the most money. They're one of the most valuable franchises in the world, and they suck. They haven't won a championship since seventies. Yeah, so wasn't even alive. It's just part of it because at the end of the day, if you want to have some competition, you have to have some kind of incentive to go for, and the incentive is to make more money. Okay. So you can put all of this stuff in play. You're still going to have top teams. You're still going to have teams that are, you're still going to have the Ferraris. You're still going to have the Mercedes. Just like you still have, you know, uh, you have uh, Real Madrid and, and Liverpool. Like you're still going to have these teams. It's not going to totally eliminate. What you want to do is every once in a while have a team that doesn't have a lot of resources as big teams to fight more closely for the championship or fight up the grid. This is a work in progress as far as the salary yeah. cap. This is remember, this is only implemented for the last two years. These are extraordinary times that we live in worldwide because of the pandemic, because of the war. And but this is stuff that's gonna be happening. So you have to adjust in order for you to survive, you have to adjust as you go. You can't be so stubborn as to say, no, we can't uh, we can't up or we can't add more to the salary cap because then it's going to hurt us. Listen, you have the opportunity to spend up to four, $145 million a year. You're only spending, what, $45 million on, in the case of Haas? I get your... your that was just on a bird throw out there. It wasn't... No, like, well, I'm just saying, it's just like even, like, even if you throw those numbers out there, fine, you have you have more, but again, if even if you up it a little bit, a lot of that money, what you're adjusting for, is just cost. It's not for you to take an opportunity to make more money mm-hmm. or develop the car, mm-hmm. but uh, better. It just doesn't. It, it doesn't make. It doesn't make any sense to me. You, you have to. If just because, when things cost more, you need to readjust your budget. I think it's as simple as that. Sometimes. I always think of it, I don't know, like when, when the Knicks brought in Melo and Stoudemire and then they were making the playoffs, they made it to the second round, but they sucked for before and then mm-hmm. they sucked after. They took their shot. You don't really see Haas or whoever else, Alfa Romeo, taking a shot. But like, how do they do that, right? I don't yeah. know. Um, all right, so we good on that topic? Yeah. You let your feelings out, Ruben? Yeah, I mean, this it's tough when there's no, so no transparency of what's being spent, where, blah, 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 all that stuff. So it's just... The spend the the budget cap is, if it's public, then we'll be, you know we could discuss like yeah what why they're spending this with them. A luxury tax coming on the works, I think. <laughs> I mean, this is an expensive sport though, man. It's to help tough. you know luxury tax is just like doing baseball to help the other teams, the lower you know the, the yeah because honestly a lot of that tax gets the, oh that's actually not a bad point because a lot of the, the luxury tax in baseball gets dispersed out to other teams. Yep. So just the same way you have. Um, the TV, the TV rights money that gets dispersed out through. through. That's why NFL franchises, are, franchises are so valuable, is because a lot of that TV money gets to the sm- especially the smaller market teams. So there's ways, but this is new, and and obviously anything you try something new, you are going to have issues, and you have to readjust it. Nothing is ever ever going to be perfect when you first try. So. Our next topic. There are exactly three drivers that have not scored a point this season after having raced it during a race. I, I said that in a race during after, a race. Yes, kind of, kind of <laughs> crazy, right? How that goes? Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so there's three drivers. 
One is Nicholas Latifi, right? You expect he will score. Yeah, I had that in my mind, yeah. Really? He hasn't? Yeah. Such a talented driver. No points. The other? Or one of the others? Nico Hulkenberg. Right? <laughs> oh, my God. Like, what? You don't expect it, right? One of the three. He participated this year? He, yes. yes. First two he races. First two races. He, he covered he cover he for, for um, Vettel. Yeah, yeah. How does this guy keep getting he, every year? He's in the stand. Hulkin's back. All right. Um, so, the third. Do you guys know who it is? Mick Schumacher. Schumacher. Yeah. The chosen one. So, would you put those drivers on the same plane? Nicholas, let's, let's, <laughs> nope. let's leave it. <laughs> Nicholas Latifi and Mick Schumacher. Would you leave them? Would you put them on the same plane as far as driver skill and talent? Well, one, Mick Schumacher is not better than Hulkenberg. That's why I said eliminate right. Hulkenberg. Yeah. Oh, eliminate Hulkenberg? Yeah. <sighs> no, man. I, I think Schumacher's better, but he hasn't scored a point. So what can you tell you? I mean, at the end of the day, it's the results that matter. I remember also, You're only as good as your last race. Schumacher's teammate was out of F1 last year. He just freshly back into F1. He's always, you know, scoring points and qualifying. Correct. So you have 15 points to Schumacher's. One zero. Zero. Mm-hmm. So, 15 points puts Kevin Magnuson at 10th in the Drivers' Championship this early in the season. So, ahead of Daniel Ricciardo, Fernando Alonso, Pierre Gasly. Guys in better car, or what we typically would think of as better cars. That shows how much improvement the Haas car has made. So, the headline on Planet F1 is, Mick could become a victim of brutal and cold F1. Uh, so this is, hold on, let me make sure I get, I attribute the name properly. Walter Rohrl. I don't yeah. even know how to say it. Yeah. Mick Schumacher is currently, currently has a bitter taste to withstand at Haas and could end up by the wayside in Formula One if he does not improve. Warren's two-time world rally champion, Walter Rohrl. So I want to also add, if you dovetail into our previous segment where we talked about budgets, he's destroyed the car. He destroyed it at Monaco. In Saudi Arabia, he he crashed as well. It's one of those things where just split the car in half twice. Yep, just like Nicholas Latifi, he's costing the team way more money. Yeah, is is Mick Schumacher out of F one next season? Oof, he'll be it'll be so sad to see a Schumacher name. Why? Oh, the Schumacher name. Yeah, it wasn't even in two years ago. No, you know, but you know, there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of hopes behind. You know, there was a lot of a lot of a lot of, a lot of what hopes 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 oh. behind him. You know, yeah, for hopes? him to hmm? well, anyway, no hopes, okay. no, no. Okay. <laughs> hopes. Go ahead. Behind him, you know, being bringing the name back and putting a, a stamp in F one, and it's unfortunate that has not happened yet. I just hope that he has a better second. You know, part of the second half of the season than what he has. So second far. or third quarter, three quarters of the season. Yeah, I, I hope I hope he he makes a change for the better because right now it's it's looking dark for him. Yeah, I don't think he's in next year. Really? Well, yeah. who takes his place? I don't know. I lot. I don't, I don't know who's gonna take it. Yeah, I lot. You have. Uh, but you this have is Piastri. Dude, we were talking right before we started recording. The talent currently in F1, Nicholas Latifi aside, 
is probably the best group of drivers that you have possible, right? Yeah. As far as any driver that's left out, whatever, maybe you can make an argument for Nico Hulkenberg, but that's why I'm saying leave a Latifi aside. <coughs> Schumacher has shown glimpses. He's had He's been running in the top 10 at times, mm-hmm. and he um, has run into some bad luck. I think that there is still a spot for him. I think that he's still on that team until proven otherwise. I think that he is still better than whatever options are out there, including any other any other team's junior drivers. Here's the thing with Mick. Um, like I know him personally. Well, you do? Yeah. That's my boy. Mm-hmm. It seems that when he is in a position to score points... Unlike George Russell, when he had his woes at Williams where he couldn't score a point, even though there was one situation where he just crashed out, nobody hit him. Mm-hmm. That was in Imola. I mm-hmm. that was. Yep. Right? But it's happened more than once with Mick, where Mick messes up the race for himself and doesn't score that point, when he's clearly this season in a good car. Better car. But one is in a better car, I should say. Well, it's a it's a car that's fighting in the midfield. As opposed to the car that he had last year, or the last two years, where they were fighting literally for 19th and 20th place, and his teammate was probably one of the worst ever F1 drivers in Nikita Mazepin. Latifi's pretty bad. Yeah, he's pretty bad. But, I mean... We're talking about one of the worst ever. Okay. So uh, I'll save myself on that point. Um, however, he's already been in F1. This is his third season. We know that with Mick, it takes him a while to second get... Second season, no? Second season? Yeah. That's what I thought as well. Okay, second season. It does take him a while to get up to speed. If he does not get up to speed... I would say by summer break or close to that, I think we can can really cons- we can like we should be considering seeing off the grid because yeah you're right there's not a lot of talent behind them but there are other drivers who would love a seat in F1 um, and you also have just at Haas you have Pietro Fittipaldi which is mm. another legacy name dude he was so bad. Um, what was it, last year or two years ago after the uh, mm-hmm. Grosjean accident? He was so bad. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, you don't know how he's developing because we haven't seen him drive. The, uh, Ferrari has a ton of drivers. You have Schwartzman. You have Eilat in their stable that they can put in that seat because they have a very close relationship with Haas as well that can give them the, the chance. However, that being said, he is a Schumacher. And Ferrari has a high regard for the Schumacher name. Obviously, they won him five. Cha- they won them five championships. But it's like uh, Mr. Rural said. Who? Rural. F one is brutal and cold, man. And if you ain't driving up to par, especially if you're costing that team a lot of money, these haven't been small accidents. We're talking about splitting the car in half twice in the same season. It's tough to justify that, especially we were just talking about budget cap issues. 
it, it's just tough to to justify putting a driver in that position where he's not scoring points and he's crashing your car almost every weekend. Okay. Sorry, Mick. You think he's going to be in next season? I hope so. How about you, Wells? Um, so I will be up front. I think he will be in next season. I think that we need to also understand that the crashes are part of the salary cap. So we were just talking about Haas not spending a lot of money on developing their car. They're spending money on repairing these cars based on these accidents. So it sucks for both Haas and for uh, Mick himself. I'm trying to find the... There was a graphic that showed how much each of the crashes that Mick had has cost the team. I can't really find it. I can't even remember who uh, posted we'll put it. it up. But Mil- million and a half. No, it was something like it was $2 million this past accident. The car split in half, dude. So, uh, Just I, this last accident. Yeah, just this last accident. So if, if we're putting that figure, maybe it's $4 million all, just on the two accidents in Monaco and in Saudi Arabia. That's a lot of money, man. That's already, let me turn to the math. I would say about 3% of the cap. Would it be? Ten uh, percent no, no. is no four million. Yeah, maybe ten percent is ten million. Three percent, three percent. So, man, like Sebastian Vettel says, give the kid a break. Of course he does. <laughs> it's the son of his mentor, and Mick looks to Vettel as a mentor. So, yes. I don't know. I just don't think that there's anybody else that could really fill that that role, right? So, like we talked about last week. You know, with Red Bull signing Sergio Perez, where Pierre, where is Pierre Gasly going to go? Pierre Gasly deserves a uh, a seat in F one. Like, there's no way. Yeah. And Haas would be a downgrade for him. Yeah, big time. Where's uh? So, would you say Daniel Ricciardo shouldn't be on the grid? No, he's still as bad as he has been this season. He is still better, in my opinion, than Boras. He's still better. Here we go. Yes, he's about to like lose his mind. Are you? F- You're yeah. talking bad about Bottas right now. Yeah. Are so, you serious, bro? You cannot be talking bad about Bottas right now. Anyway, I'm not talking bad about okay. it. Okay. I'm saying that I think that Daniel Ricciardo is a better driver. Anyway, Snoopy, we can move on. I need to get Hector in here. Like yeah. <laughs> Any other feelings to talk about, boys? It's pretty much it, the three topics that we wanted to cover. No. Oh, wait. No, no, no. There's one more. The the third topic. I didn't even get to it. Yeah. Rolf Schumacher. Quote, Charles Leclerc has screwed up enough himself. He should be meek in terms of when he's criticizing the Ferrari team, their judgments as far as strategy, etc. So... This to me is actually Yancey. Why don't you take it as a resident Leclerc and Ferrari fan? Ralph Schumacher needs to shut up. Mm. You mean seven-time watch? No, I'm kidding. Zero time. <laughs> seven, watch. Zero time. Zero time. Yeah. Watch. He is a race winner. He's yeah. an F1 oh, okay. race oh, winner. Oh, it's super okay. cool. No, is he? How do you ever want to race? Mm. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. I'm not sure. Um. It's tough, right? Yes, I don't wins. think Schumacher. that. I think Roof he's completely wrong. How can you possibly say that? Le, I mean, listen. 
Leclerc has had his moments. He's he's had errors. However, these are not errors that have happened in the midst of a championship fight. Hmm. How many people can really say, "Oh, I'm in the championship fight"? That's the whole thing. Like these errors that he's talking about seem to be past years, not now. Okay. Um, I think the only error that you can you can talk about was where he spinned out in Barcelona. There was another one a couple of weeks before. And there was in another one Miami. Well, no, 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 in uh, in in Imola. Imola, that's what. I'm well, I'm sorry, I meant that because he spinned out in Barcelona during qualifying, but he still got pole. Talking about in in Imola, yeah, where he spinned out. Uh, he spun he spun out where he was in second place. He got desperate, finished sixth. Um, however, true. the past two races, Leclerc was leading the race in Monaco. Well, it's and Monaco Barcelona. and Barcelona. Yep. In Barcelona. Engine failure. Mm-hmm. That's the team. Mm-hmm. And is it? Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, yeah. ju- just a question. What? Don't, it, don't what? kill me now. Just why he pressed the pedal too hard and the engine went. Mm-hmm. Okay, go ahead, go ahead. And in Monaco, it was a complete f up on the strategist. Mm. Yes, that I agree. When there was a team one two, and your drivers finished second. And fourth, and Leclerc finishing behind his own teammate. His own teammate, not even podium. Two places behind. Two places behind. However, I think it comes to a point where we're at the beginning of a championship fight. Your your driver is fighting for the driver's championship, and your team is fighting for the the Constructive. the constructors. At some point, as team leader, because you are leading the championship, you must let your team know that, yes, I can make mistakes, and yes, you can make mistakes, and both have. However, just the same way the team can tell Leclerc you shouldn't be spinning out when you're in second place when you're in second place and not pushing so hard to settle for a second because you weren't going to pass him anyways, which is what happened in, in Imola. The same way Leclerc can say, especially for two races in a row, where these I, I explained last two weeks, these are the races that they should win because this suits their car better. Leclerc does have the right as a team leader because he's driving the car and he's putting that car on pole and he's led the most laps this season. Wow. It's kind of bananas. Okay. And yet you only have two wins to your name. While Max Verstappen has four. And he DNF two of them. And he DNF two, two races. Okay, so yes. Uh, criticism all around. That's what he should be doing. And it's not to just, it's not to polarize a team. It's to say, this can't happen. How can we work together for this not to happen so we win the championship at the end of the year? So, yes, Leclerc has the right to do that. I don't believe that that is accurate, that the Leclerc has let the team down more than the team has let down Leclerc. I don't even want to go for the tip for tap for that because, honestly, we can't even judge that because we don't know what goes on behind the scenes. But if we're looking at it from the outside in, all feelings, no facts, it seems to me 
especially the last two races, the team has let Leclerc down more than Leclerc has let the team down. Dude, it's a meme. It's a meme where Ferrari's going to fail, like, at this point. Actually, to be fair. And it's happened before with Vettel. It's happened before with Vettel where he just was like, I'm just going to be my own engineer. (laughs) That's exactly what happened. But, like, he was just making his own strategy Mm -hmm. calls. But we also saw with Vettel that he would also make mental mistakes. He drove off the track in, in Germany. Vettel and Kimi collided in Singapore in 2017. Mm-hmm. So it's it's one of those things why where, not, listen, it's one of those things. And those things. Yeah, because, because like the culmination of things is like incompetence total, right? And you want to eliminate, you don't see that type of stuff from Lewis Hamilton, right? You don't see that type of stuff stuff now from Max Verstappen, right? mm-hmm. where if he if he's going to be elbows out, it's almost like he's putting the car in a position where he's going to win. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I, I see both sides is what I'm saying. I think that I think that Rolf, when you think about like a Lewis Hamilton, if you're a real champion, you lift the team up. Yes. So we said that. Verstappen has two DNFs, but he's won four races, and he's leading the drivers' championship now as a result. Mm-hmm. So yeah, okay. So what well, we just said, Leclerc. Okay, he had the fourth place. That's not a full DNF. He had a DNF with the, the fail, engine failure. Okay, but where are the other results? You know, he's starting on pole five of the seven races. Yeah, I mean uh, uh, that's the whole thing. It's like the stats that. Leclerc and Ferrari have this season so far, they should be leading the championship and they should they should be leading both championships, let's put it that way. Um they have literally let Red Bull back into the championship. Not back in. Eh? Well, they lead back in game, the lead. Yeah, in the lead. So and we knew it was gonna be a fight, but this is ridiculous. They're letting for uh, Mercedes into the championship. Pretty much, yeah. I mean it's looking like it's gonna be a three way fight when it should have been a two way fight. Ruben, I kind of like what what's going on with with um with Leclerc. Yeah, Ralph, come on, just enjoy your retirement, chill out. Did he say that? No, no. I'd say, I say I'm saying I kind of like what you know the those outbursts because it gives us more stuff to talk about. Like for example, Leclerc, you know, does being this you know being disappointed like that and saying that over the team. If he stays quiet, uh, we'll, we'll deal with it after the race. That's but you know, at the same time, so, you know what I'm saying, though, right? Like, but he's always. He's always saying something after the... It's not something out of his character. He's the first one to be like, oh, that was so stupid, stupid, yeah, stupid. Yeah, he's, right? the one, he's the first one to he's point the finger at himself. He's always the first one to... He points the finger at himself when he needs to. And when he's driving a good race, there should not be an external circumstance that screws him up from winning. Mm-hmm. So I feel like in that in that sense, because he's so quick to say, my bad, I fucked up, I did this, what X, Y, Z, etc., Ralph has really I, no claim. Yeah, uh, uh, Leclerc has earned the benefit of the doubt because it's like you said, he blames himself for any mistakes that he has mm-hmm. made. He, uh, you know, but at this time, also, again, as team lead, I just, I just go back to um, The Last Dance, the Michael Jordan documentary. Okay. Michael Jordan was not only the one of the greatest champions ever, in any sport all over the world. But his desire to win every time is legendary. 
to the point where he was also called a bad teammate, right? Because not only did he criticize his teammates, but he made but he criticized them to the point where he made them better to try to lift play them. up to the same level that he did. If you were to play with Michael Jordan, not only were you going to enjoy the winning, but you were also going to enjoy the criticism of your game in order for you to get to that level. Leclerc, at being as team leader, also has to do that. So you have to call out things when they're wrong in order for you to fix it. If you keep your mouth shut, then you're going to keep making the same mistakes. And we all know that. It happens in life to all of us, in our relationships, at work. It's just the way it works. If you want to be better, you have to call out mistakes and you have to make them better. And this is the way it is. It just how it happens that it's televised on TV. But it also shows the desire to win. But you just can't take it to the point where it's, it, where it's dividing the team. I don't think Leclerc took it to that point. I think the mistakes are very obvious. You can't, that was a dumb strategy call. They messed up his race entirely, and he went from first to fourth. Not even podium. I don't know. Do you think? And a DNF in Spain. Do you think Ferrari might be surprised by where they are right now in the year? As Maybe far as good or bad? Good. On how good they are. No. So. No, no. You had a good no, car coming just, into the season. My bad. I, just, so just, I know. I got you, but it's just. Because they, they, they may not check. Expect to. Yeah. Because they may not check. Meaning, meaning, because they're saying, wow, we're this good, but we're not even checking all the boxes. And this, mm. you know, this past race might be those boxes they're not checking fully. That may be just, you know, a half a check or a quarter of a check. Not a fully, you know, not a full check. Mm. Yeah. I mean, it, it, Ralph Schumacher won six races, by the way. Never he did say that earlier. Yeah. Oh, I'm did. sorry. No, yeah, just, you know, when he gets into his feelings. He, he gets feelings. Really, he doesn't really start. what I do. Yeah. Okay. So, with that said, let's jump into the Azerbaijan Grand Prix at Baku preview. Ruben, lead us off with some uh, trivia. Da, 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 da. So, in, in, I know Yancy, you know, before oh, we started recording. What? We forgot the buzzers. All right, go ahead. So Yancy earlier before the track, before the before we started recording, kind of reprimanded me a little because I said, "Hey, this, what trip you want me to do? It's only six, seven years." And, and, oh, there's something you can pick on. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> so I have obviously that they're pretty to me they're pretty obvious questions to know the answer to. But let's just just throw a question. That I just I just thought about what we were talking earlier. What are we okay. doing? Like a tap on the table. Whatever you want to do, homie. Okay. We're not counting points anymore, so it's not that yeah, interesting it anymore. Really matter, so it's just it's pretty much at this time it's just brain picking. Brain <laughs> picking. <laughs> so uh in the twenty twenty one Baku Grand Prix, can you name the two drivers to DNF due to tire failure? Yes. Lance Stroll and Max Verstappen. Yeah. I, yeah. Know Stroll. I know Max Verstappen. That was Pretty, that was all that was all over social media today. On this day, Max Verstappen, yeah. On this day uh, last year, Max Verstappen lost the Azerbaijan Grand Prix uh, and he kicked his tire. While cars were flying past car, him at 200 oh, kilometers, bro. Oh, Michael Messi's gone now. So. Yeah. Well, there's still Mick Schumacher literally exposed. No, no blue flag, no uh, red flag. Whatever. Here we go. <laughs> okay. Tell me why you're mad, son. Yeah. 
Name the driver in 2017 that got overtaken for second place at the ending of Lance the last Stroll. lap. Easy. Lance so, Stroll. And becoming the youngest driver to score podium. podium. That was, was that the last Williams podium? I, I, I'll double check on that for you. Mm-hmm. Was that the last? No, it wasn't. No, George Russell. Just Spa in the rain. Oh. Second. Oh, come on. Wait, got first or second? Third. Yeah. It was first or second. Oh, I don't know. I mean, it could count. He had a really good qualifying or whatever. Uh, name the only driver to do a Grand Slam in a race weekend here, Baku. Has to be Lewis What's Hamilton. the Grand Slam? It's fastest uh, lap, pole position, and, f- and win the and race. Win the race. It has to be Lewis Hamilton. Vettel. Uh, by the way, that's, that's a last year question. Oh, Sergio Perez. Nico Rosberg. Yeah, I was going to say that. You already man. said the wrong answer. It don't it? matter, man. Let me <laughs> say it. Let me feel good about my damn it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sorry, Yancy. Uh So we go to history now, Mbaku, which is uh, not a lot. So what I do want to say is that there's never been a repeat winner of yes. the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. You did, you did say that in the last podcast. Yeah, last so one. 16, it was Rosberg. Danny Ricardo in 17. 18, it was Hamilton. 19, it was Boras. Not held in 2020, as we Thank you. pointed out earlier. You're welcome. And Sergio Perez in 2021. Yes. So who's winning it this year? It's got to be Leclerc or Verstappen, right? They have not won it before. So yep. if you want to keep the trend going. Uh as far as history, it used to be the European Grand Prix, or they, they held a couple of races. Only one year, 2016. One, one year, mm-hmm. European Grand Prix. Um, there is a repeat winner in Constructables. That's only oh, yeah, Mercedes. Mercedes. Um, I think that's it as far as history. That's it. There's nothing much exciting. Uh, so here's a question for you guys. Who got pole position last year? Was it Max? Who do you think it was, Ruby? I'll say Max, yeah. Charles Leclerc. <laughs> <laughs> That's because that is, that is, that I, he's mentioning that because he wants to make sure that his prediction. mighty prediction, was it 16 poles this season, stays intact. <laughs> he doesn't want Leclerc to win the race. Or probably win but, the championship. <laughs> he wants them to get I pole mean, Actually, it would be good if Leclerc wins the race to tighten up the championship. I want the drama. I don't care about I really don't care about any. You guys asked me at the end of last season, right before the race, oh, who do you want to win? I said, I hope everybody has a good race. I f- that's what I felt like, and it wasn't a good race. So I lost somehow. But I going, do remember. I didn't have a dog like I was rooting for. Crazy. But I do remember last year where you, obviously since you didn't pick a team, you were wearing... A Mercedes sweater mm-hmm. and a Red Bull T-shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's you know he's, he's a front. No, no. Okay, go ahead. He's yeah, a front runner. So I, I had my Mercedes sweatshirt on. I mm-hmm. took it off literally as Max passed Hamilton, <laughs> and all the guys were giving me high fives. In front of <laughs> <laughs> a front runner. I'm not a front runner. I just wanted everybody to have a good time. Yeah, <laughs> I had a good time. Last year was awesome. Yes, I had a good time. So. I want to run down last year's qualifying just so you guys are up to date. Like a refresh. Last year's qualifying order. Charles Leclerc, Lewis Hamilton, Max Verstappen, Pierre Gasly, Carlos Sainz, Lando Norris, Sergio Perez. 
That is the top seven. Let's finish it out. Yuki Tsunoda, Fernando Alonso, and Valtteri Bottas in the other Mercedes. Qualifying. Qualifying. How did the race finish? Definitely very different. Sergio Perez mm-hmm. won it. Do you guys remember who got second? Vettel. Yep, Vettel. A podium. I even remember who got third. Who, who got third? Uh, Gasly. Yep. What a what a crazy race. And Charles Leclerc fourth. Fifth was Lando Norris. So, obviously, we had the Max and Lance Stroll DNFs. Esteban Ocon also had a DNF with the turbocharger. George Russell, DNF with his gearbox. Lewis Hamilton overshot the... Uh, the first turn of the safety he car. overcooked the brakes. That's uh, the magic button. Magic button. Magic that's what button, it was. Yes. He did not let it go or whatever. Mm-hmm. Magic fingers. Um, yeah, it was still engaged or something like that. Uh, so he overshot turn one, kind of opening the door for Sergio Perez. It actually dropped into last place, man. Yeah. So with that said... I got some glimpse of last year's race. Though. Okay. No, that's why I remember that part. Okay. So, predictions. Who? Wh- how are we qualifying? I'm going to tell you right now, I think Charles Leclerc takes pole position. <laughs> yeah. Oh, really? <laughs> Man, that is shocking. Dude, it's, so, I... Um, I would never thought... I would have never thought you would pick him. I think that there are just enough low-speed corners on mm-hmm. this track to make a difference. Uh, the whole... Sector, not the whole of Sector 2, but Sector 2 has a lot, you know, through the castle section. Uh, so, and then, you know, Sector 2 going into Sector 3. I feel like, whatever, I feel like Ferrari could make up a lot of time. I think uh, Ferrari, I think Charles Leclerc, and I think Max Verstappen, and then Sergio Perez, which... This is quite a qualifying? Qualifying. Okay. Which is a departure from what we've been seeing lately. Yes. What do you guys think? I think I'm going to go with speed. So I think pole position is Max Verstappen. Second, Charles Leclerc. Third, Sainz. Fourth, Perez. Wow. So Perez, who's been killing it. Yeah. Is going to be fourth. Yeah. I thought you were going with speed. But for pole, yes. For pole? It's going to be Leclerc. I agree with you on that one. Uh, Perez, second. Maxter. In the race, I think it's going to be a Red Bull one, too. And I yeah? Think, yeah, dude. I think. No, that, no. I just, I'm thinking, okay. I think that, yeah, on an open track, no competition, no. Uh, not no. Com- yeah, no competition, no DRS to, to pass. I think that. So who wins? Look, I think that uh, Leclerc gets pulled, but I think. Red Bull one two. I think Max is going to take it. I think that he reestablishes himself, re- reestablishes himself as the alpha driver at Red Bull. <laughs> Why are you guys laughing? No, because the way you said it, alpha. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's, that's how I exactly what I had in mind when you said the alpha. <laughs> that's exactly what I thought when you said alpha. Alpha. <laughs> <laughs> Man. Alpha. All right. <laughs> um. I think, hold on, I think that, I don't even think that Sainz finishes fourth. I think that he drops behind, like, Russell. And I th- I think that the Mercedes will be strong on this track. I just, it's hard to really kind of place where they will be. Yeah. Depends really, specifically, on their porpoising. And if they have it under control, it's a street track, but it's a very fast track. Yeah, I think that the, the Mercedes is going to have a good showing this race. 
Um, Alpine too. Oh yeah, well they're quick on here. They're quick too, but uh, Mercedes is gonna have a good showing because I think that again Monaco was an outlier. So I think the progress that they made in Barcelona will show more here than it did in Monaco, as far as Mercedes goes. Uh, I th- I also think it's gonna be a Red Bull one too, but uh, where I'm differing is that is going to the driver who has podiumed here before three times and won one race, and that is Sergio Perez. He is very good at this track. That's tr- very true. Actually. So I will go with Sergio Perez winning another race. I will go with Max Verstappen coming in second. And Ferrari, Charles Leclerc, will settle for third because I just don't think that the Ferraris can compete with the Red Bulls on the straights. These are long straights in this track. Now that you mentioned Sergio Perez, last year, Lewis Hamilton had a very tough time to overtake him too. He held Lewis Hamilton back for a long time. Huh. Sergio Perez is on form right now. He is driving lights out. He has the confidence of a win in Monaco, which means that he feels that he can compete. And the partying, too. Yes. Well, that's another thing. But he feels (laughs) that he can compete with Max Verstappen. This is a track that he historically has been not only good, he has been exceptional at podiuming twice with Force India, and he's won a race here last year. Um. But because and he won time. that race here last year because and he wasn't up to up to par with that red with Bull the car, car. yeah. But he won it because Hamilton and Max. Were Yo, I yeah, you know you're cor- I correct, but he's in a better and Lance Stroll. Yeah, he's in better form. <laughs> well, oh Jesus, but it could have been he's he, in better form. He still would have been on podium last year, though. Yeah, I think. yeah, yeah for sure. I mean, he's in better form. He has a he has a, you know he he's gotten that car under him. I think uh, he's going, yeah, Jeez. two wins in a row for Perez. And if he wins this race, and that championship fight, what if he wins? Is again? going to be very interesting. If he wins and gets fastest lap, so that would be a nine point delta. That's a, he's down 15 right now. He's within six of max. And he leapfrogs Charles Leclerc into second place. That would be insane. Yeah. Because I don't think Charlotte Claire is going to fade off into the sunset. I think he's going to keep it's gonna be a nice if it's a three way fight for the drivers championship, it would be awesome. Yeah, I mean I'm I'm hoping that Ferrari uh, you know, is faster than I think that they that I think they're gonna be on this track, because uh, they can fight for the win. But yeah, I read those quick and straights, man. That's that's, so for, that's yeah, been the, the that's that's been the the one strength of the Red Bull this season is that straight line speed. So for the race, for me, prediction would be Max Verstappen winning, Sergio Perez second, Charles Leclerc third. Alpha. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's the same thing you guys were saying. It might be it might be a toss-up between Max, you know, like really down to Max and, and, and Perez. A Red Bull 1-2. Yeah, it would definitely be a Red Bull 1-2. Yeah, but I, I mean, obviously, I, I hope. I think they drive off into the sunset. Like it's not even close. Yeah, yeah. I think that the competition will be between them. Yeah, I mean, it'll be, it'll, it'll seem like so it's it, close. It, it, so if it's, if it's that happens, Max is winning the race. Could be. I, I uh, yeah, because they're not gonna give. I don't think they'll give Perez the strategy to beat him. But if 
I, it could be also that if crazy. Paris, you know, gets better better position the match at the beginning, you know, the pole in, position, pole position, whatever. then he might win the race. In, if we base it on that, but if Max, whoever is up front, is let's watch out for this possibility also. Safety cars. Wait, no, no. <laughs> let's watch out for this possibility though because it's happened before. Go ahead. The Red Bull mm-hmm. crash, crash into each other. Oh man! And at this point, there's really no reason for team orders because they're both fighting for the championship. And then there will be fucking team orders. So that could happen too. I hope that happens. That'll be great for you. Oh yeah, they're already <laughs> up thirty six <laughs> points on Ferrari. Guys, anything else on to uh, before wrapping up this episode? I should say. No, it's just it's an early race for us, but it's an exciting race. I don't want to New miss. York City. Who's gonna surprise us this race? I think Alonzo and Ocon. Boom! By you, I think Pierre Gasly too, because that, that's what I had in mind. Gasly and he plays very highly last time. Gasly and and I think the Mercedes car is gonna shine this weekend as well. There's a lot of cars that we think are gonna shine. It's gonna be good. But they all shine. Yeah. So on that note, Except team with Matt Paint at Jump to Start F1 on Twitter and Instagram. Make sure to give us a follow, like our stuff. Jump to Start Racing podcast on many, many podcast platforms. Leave us a review, please, uh, if you haven't already. Uh, and with that said, I'm sorry. Do you have any final thoughts, really? With that said, it's race week. It's going to be a See fun ya. race. Always fun at Baku. Peace. Peace.